like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, sleuths. I'm Karen. And I'm Kelly. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for circus stars with generational wealth. Mm -hmm. Today, we are discussing The Ringmaster's Secret. And to begin this dazzling three ring extravaganza, I have a thought for us to ponder. Oh, I'm ready. Arst, though, ready. We. Arst is like dust. (laughs) It's the same, like, same general milieu. I'm just using words in their incorrect context today. That's fine. Today? <laughs> I think there was a carriage reference in a recent episode that would argue otherwise. Offense. Okay? <laughs> Offense. Um, but you're not wrong. So, so here's the ponder thought. If you had to perform a talent in a traveling circus as your full-time job, what would your talent be and why? Defend your answer. It does not have to be something you're actually good at. Okay, this is an aspirational question. Like, if you could get good at one circus field (laughs) skill. Arena. (laughs) Yeah, that seemed a little venue-centric in this setting. So (laughs) So anyway, yes, I I asked my question. Go. I, hmm, hmm. Okay, this might skew a little more like a carnival. Mm, already changing the question. I will let you know if this applies or if you need to go back to the... I'm yes. just kidding. Yes, You can okay, approve carnival. or deny because I have a backup answer as well. <laughs> oh, okay. Good talk. All right. I would love to be a like carnival fortune teller. That does not count. Sorry. <sighs> okay, magician then. <laughs> that doesn't count either. What? Magicians there, are not circus. There are absolutely magicians at circus. Are there? Yes. Okay, I'll, uh, all right, then I'll accept that. You might That's be Cirque thinking I? too fancy. Like, you might be thinking, like, Cirque du Soleil. Maybe. There are. There are magicians at Cirque du Soleil, though. You're right. You're right. I was wrong. You're right. Like, I think we what, need, what, A, more lady magicians in general, and B, it just seems so cool. I, as a child, really wished that I had, you and I tried a couple of times to learn some magic tricks, and then I was like, this is hard, and my, yeah. my hands are my low. hands are too small, exactly. <laughs> I keep dropping all the quarters. I got really frustrated and I was like, this is not the life for me. But um, (laughs) I also went through a phase and I, God, just add this to the list of embarrassing things I've admitted on this podcast. But there was a chunk of my life where my one track obsessive brain was like, I want to be a clown and I want to go to clowning school. What? Really? Yeah. How did I not know this? I don't know, but like I remember this. That's was not like, embarrassing. That's cool. Like first or second grade, and I remember getting Aww. out the yellow pages and like looking for like clowning schools, of which there were several because I called them on the phone. Mom was like, "Call them up and see what the deal is." Aw, that's I, so cool. No one took me seriously. They were like, "How old are you?" And I'm like, seven. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Mom, let me use the phone all by myself." I was ready now, for a career. <laughs> How much to get into that undergraduate clowning program? <laughs> I've got some lemonade stand money. Two burn a hole in my pocket. Two flowers, two that that squirt water and a hand buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, oh, Karen, I had no idea. 
So magician clown is me. What is your answer? What would be your what would be your circus act? Mm, I must provide an answer. I take it. You are um, required to. I think. <laughs> I think I would probably want to do like some kind of big cat training. Thing. I was going to say if you didn't have an answer, lion tamer. Yeah, like I'd want to be like the cat show, but like <gasps> the big cats, you know. You'd be so good at that. Yeah. Well, I don't know that. No, I don't think I'd be good at it at all because my whole go-to now is just to give additional treats. I think that's exactly the right strategy. <laughs> I think that's what lion tamers do. They're like, Stand all, all I mic. do is reinforce bad behavior. I'm like, oh my gosh, the cat won't stop screaming, and what? Do, I'm like, here, have more treats, and he's I like, cool. It's... Well, that worked. You'll have to yeah. escalate the treats a little bit. This is we're talking like a full steak situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... like one one Nancy Drew. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, that we have a lion incident in this book. We do. I'm very excited to get to it. King cats. Kelly, let's join the circus. We'd be so cute. Mm, listen, I you made me provide an answer with or no, I guess I made you provide an mm-hmm. answer. I was the one who set up this this situation. <laughs> I don't want to join the circus. Okay. I'm I'm overwhelmed most days with my house cat, so. <laughs> Fair enough. But in Fair a different enough. life, yeah. Perhaps. Imagination. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's been going on with your life in your world since I talked to you last, Seastar? Um, well, something's apparently going to happen tonight, which is I just looked at the weather on my phone. and Oh, yeah. It's going to be Iceageddon up there, isn't it? I'm like, what is going on? It's beautiful out yeah. right now. It was like the summer yeah, It's like last 70 week. degrees. I just looked at my phone because I got a push notification about an ice storm warning. I pulled up the precipitation part of this mm, app. How bad? 20 inches of wintry mix. I'm sorry, two zero inches? Two zero quotation marks. <laughs> Afterwards. Well, I don't like that at inches. all. So I, is this is this the part of the week where you stock up on bread and milk that you don't normally put in the house, but now you're like, you know what sounds good? Well, Bre- for, bread and milk. Bread and milk. I just need one egg <laughs> <laughs> on a slice of bread with a glass mm. of cold milk. Cold milk. I did go to the grocery store yesterday, so I'm in good shape. I have a king What'd size king size bag of Twizzlers and uh, oh, you're good. Three fridge packs of Diet Coke, so I'm gonna make it. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. I mean, um, do you have some peanut butter, like yes. for some protein? You're so you're fine. Got you're some, good. Got some PB. I got a hummus and some baby carrots. Like, I just I, I'm gonna mm. graze my way through this. <laughs> that I mean, that is the way to do it. I I have this very terrible mental. I'm, how do I string my words together? I'm having trouble speaking. Um, That's okay. going to make for a great episode. <laughs> I I have this weird mental fixation where any kind of weather situation or like, like for example, if there's snowmageddon coming my way, that gives me license to lay in all of the food that I, like from my childhood. Oh, yeah. Like stock I, the larder. I don't have to be an adult when it comes to my food anymore. So I'm like, well... Two family-sized boxes of Lucky Charms seems appropriate for one human individual for a two-day snowstorm. You never know. And I think that's a legitimate purchase because your power could go out. And you know what you're going to be able to still eat? The Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. Yep. And peanut butter and marshmallow fluff sandwiches. Oh, God. That sounds really good. I had Okay. I had never had this before until I was 
I can tell you exactly when it was. It was two days before my 21st birthday, and I was doing summer stock in Auburn, New York. But it's wildly specific. <laughs> it's a ver- well, because I remember it was right before my birthday. And I was in doing stock in New York, and that was when, I don't know if anybody remembers this or not, but there was that massive, like, northeastern region blackout. Yes. Yeah. So I this would there. have been, like, a while. You were there. Yeah. And Visiting so... Them. Shows got canceled. I went home to my friend Mark's house and we were like, what What are we going to eat? And he was like, how about peanut butter and marshmallow fluff sandwiches? And I was like, yeah, I'll take four of those. Whip them up. Yeah. So that's my, that's one of my go-to weather emergency stables. Okay. Well, this actually is a beautiful segue. I have very little banter to share other than that. I watch a lot of Bob Vila's This Old House, and I understand why it was important to people now. It's suddenly become very important to my life. Yeah, it immediately becomes important when you start having a mortgage. And a very old house. And an old house. Yes, also that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yep, that, that doorknob did just fall off. I <laughs> what what hmm. now? <laughs> Bob, tell me what to do. Um, I am going to co-opt your opening banter with a question Okay. For you. This becomes your banter. <laughs> oh, okay, great. We were both reading this book over the weekend, uh-huh. preparing like we do. This doesn't always happen, but you and I were reading it at like exactly the same place in the book at exactly the same time. Yeah. There is a scene in this book when Nancy and George jump off of a moving train. Uh-huh. We were texting during it, and you said, Yes. Did I ever tell you about the time I jumped off a moving train? <laughs> Which, A, I lost my mind, B, no, and C, you were like, I'll tell you on the podcast, and I have been dying. I can't believe I've never told you this story, No, Really? I can't believe you haven't either, and I have been waiting with bated breath ever since that text message. Please tell me everything. So... So when I was doing theater, I had to work in New York a lot for like, you know, a couple months at a time for rehearsals and whatnot. And for a couple of those like intermittent durations before I would go on tour, I stayed with my best friend, Mark, who lived out in New Jersey. Okay. And so I was having to commute into like Manhattan every day uh, for work. And so to get from, you know, this this little town he lives in in New Jersey into Manhattan, I had to take a myriad of trains. And the first of those trains was like an above ground choo-choo train. <laughs> like not a subway, but like a train you know train. I mean. like it was a choo-choo train. And <laughs> it's... I can't. Yep. I, I can picture it. Thomas the Tank Engine bringing Kelly yeah. to work. Yeah. It, well, yes. So the, the way like the, the, the train station at his place where I would get on and get off was it was like an it didn't have a station necessarily like there was a station but it just stopped on the tracks in the middle of nature it wasn't like a covered station and you climbed down the stairs to the train and hopped the last like foot and a half down Mm -hmm. to the dirt gravel ground and then you walked up like you know 500 steps to get to the street level okay so this you know the choo-choo train kind of like went under (laughs) a trestle (laughs) yeah i probably that's the right word yeah so 
Anyway, I, I would work extremely long days. So I would be on that train at like seven o'clock in the morning and usually would be on the last train back at, you know, 11 o'clock at night. So after having done this for many, many weeks, one day I am commuting home and, and Mark, the lovely individual that he was, I would text him when I would get on the train and he would be waiting for me to pick me up you know, when I got off the train. So I didn't have to walk like eight blocks home in the dark by myself. So I I get on the choo-choo train. I text him. I'm like, I'm on my, you know, I'll be there in 20 minutes, whatever it was. And uh, we go. And I'd done this like 40 times by now, you know, like this was not new anymore. Did you fall asleep or did you? No, no. I I was just sitting there doing my thing. (laughs) And we get there. And, you know, I stand up, I walk to my door, like as we're pulling into the station and the door doesn't open. And I, I still don't know if it was like uh, I had just I was I, I don't know if they just were only opening like the rear doors of every car for some reason that night or if that door wasn't working or what it was. But when I realized my door wasn't going to open, I like book it to the to the back door of the car but like the cars are long yeah and it had taken me a minute to figure out that it wasn't going to open so by the time i got to the rear door oh kelly we had already started to like just barely move and but we were moving and i was like (laughs) i knew it was a bad idea but i didn't I'd never gone further than this stop before. Right. You're like, I didn't I don't know, know how long I was going to be on this train. It could have been was, two hours. It could it could have been it could have been taking me like to Missouri for all I knew. I had no idea. <laughs> but moreover, I was so tired. Like I all I wanted. It was one of those days when like I had been thinking about how excited I was to go to bed from the moment I got up that morning. Yep. I was just so tired and I was like, nope can't do it I'm I, this is where I get off and so I just jumped and I hear Mark who's like up you know 500 steps above me looking down going like oh my god and, and the train screeches to a halt and like you know little conductor engineer train people employees are like jumping off and like what are you doing and i was like i'm fine and i because i did fall like i because you know it was like i jumped from (laughs) and i just ran i like picked up my stuff and i ran and um oh my stars mark mark tells it even better you got in his perspective he was like he was like where is she where is she and then he goes, and the train started moving, and he goes, uh, she must have just missed, like, she must be asleep or something. I'll go meet her at the next stop, which apparently is, like, a mile and a half down the road. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and then all of a sudden, I just see a body come flying out of a car. <laughs> and then you successfully halted the Red Star line. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, That's amazing. I'm not, this is, this is not... A recommendation yes, on we how don't, to utilize public transit. We don't endorse jumping off of public transit while no. it's in motion. Don't do it. But I I was like, yeah, I get you, Nancy. Wow. Yeah. Thank you Need, so much. Needs must. Needs must. Thank you for sharing that. It reminds me of, um, oh, those YA books, Insurgent. 
Remember I there were like those. there. Oh gosh, Divergent. That's the first one. There are like four different like categories or like schools you can be a part of, and one of them, the way that you prove yourself, it's like the daring people. Mm. They make you like jump off of a moving train, but that train is moving very fast, and I think it's yeah, very this train. I, I like. I need to be really clear. This train was not moving fast. But it was moving. But it so. was still very daring, and I am... Um, was moving. Applause, applause. Also, I'm glad you're given okay. Given that I normally, like, you know, I'm so short that to get down that, like, last big <laughs> jump onto the ground, I normally had to, like, almost sit on my butt to, like, you know... <laughs> Scooch down. Dangle my legs and then drop, you know? <laughs> this was... This was a big jump, so... I yeah. also cannot believe in this episode these transitions are writing themselves because you talked about Mark, which led me to my question about jumping off a train. Now you're talking about choo-choo trains, and do you know what that leads us to? Oh, I do! Recommend station, station! Woo-woo! <laughs> <laughs> I, like, Perfect. looked up at our notes, and I'm like, I can't believe this podcast is writing itself. <laughs> it's writing itself, man. Yeah, because while we may have notes... Who knows? Who, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> we don't. It's a free for all around these parts. Oh, I'll take song. my dollar back. A song. Yes, before uh, we started recording, I was writing jingles and singing them to Kelly. And I said, you can have that one for free. You said, <laughs> never give don't away your work, for free. Never and give then, away your work for free. <laughs> and then she Venmoed me one dollar, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so. Listen, I want to be clear. I was... That was the going rate. I said, what do you want for it? And he said, one dollar. I said, fair. That's a great deal. <laughs> and then it immediately appeared. <laughs> what will I spend it on? Tune in next week mm. to find out. <laughs> Ooh. What can you buy with a dollar? A Venmo dollar? We're going to find out. Mm. Take I will it, ask you. I'll take it out on the town in Ypsilanti and see what I can do with one dollar. Um, yeah. You can't buy half of anything either. No, it will be a successful entire purchase, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Perfect. Do you have a recommendation station? Woo woo. I, I I do actually, and because I've taken up the past like eighteen minutes of this podcast telling oh. my train story, oh. um, I just read the most recent in the Truly Devious series, which <gasps> is called Nine, Nine Liars. Oh, I want it! I want it! I want it so bad. Like those. Those books just chef's kiss. Like every single one I love. I love the writing. I love the characters. Um, my only, my, and it's not even a complaint. I'll just say it ends on a cliffhanger. Okay. Which I'm like, ugh. That's good for me to know like, in advance. Yeah, like, it, it, but it's, it's not a cliffhanger with the mystery. It's a cliffhanger with like a character situation. So okay. like you do get the mystery wrapped up, but. Um, anyway, I just, I love them. If you like haven't started those or if you fell off, like I've loved every single one of them. And I think I did like explore, like dive in a little bit. And the author Maureen Johnson is, I think she's planning at least two more with these characters. Nice. So yeah. Anyway, that's mine. Amazing. How about you? I do have one. Okay. Caveat, I haven't read this yet, but this came across my table earlier this week. Someone recommended this series to me. It's yeah. middle grade mystery, so kind of like mm. similar to, you know, Sisterhood of Sleuths, which I recommended to you and got for you, and I read and loved. You did. Oh, um, you read that? I did read it. Oh, I can't wait. I really loved it. It is about Nancy Drew, too, so could not be it's more It's on topical. my to-read shelf. 
Um, so this new series that I heard about, the first book is called Book Scavenger. It is by Jennifer okay. Shambliss Bertman. And it is like everything I love. It is set in San Francisco. It is so San Perfect. Francisco oriented. They're like riding the BART train, etc. Um, it's about a child who is obsessed with books and it's a bookish mystery and they're going on scavenger hunts through the city of San Francisco. Oh, that's fun. That's like um, giving me very mixed up files vibes. Yes, it. I agree. And there are two more that are also set in San Francisco. One is called like The Escape from Alcatraz, which is Ooh, so awesome. Big time, um, yes. Do you want me to read you the blurb about the first one? I do. Okay. For 12-year-old Emily, the best thing about moving to San Francisco is that it's the home city of her literary idol, Garrison Griswold, book publisher and creator of the online sensation Book Scavenger, which is a game where books are hidden in cities all over the country and clues to find them are revealed through puzzles. Upon arriving Mm. to San Francisco, Emily learns that Griswold has been attacked and no one knows anything about Mm. the epic new game he had been poised to launch. Then Emily and her new friend James discover an old book, which they come to believe is from Griswold himself. Racing against time, Emily and James try to uncover the secret at the heart of Griswold's new game before Griswold's attackers find them. I mean, I revised my earlier statement. This so- sounds like Hawthorne. It has a it has a strong Hawthorne element as well. Also, mm. a little bit of like Westing game. Yes. Yeah. Well, for any of our younger listeners out there yes this might be like a great a great um a great option i think so it's called book scavenger by jennifer shambliss bartman if young listeners if you read this please let us know i think i'm gonna have to read it because not just young listeners i mean we're gonna read it too yeah absolutely this might have to be a super sleuth because Mm. they had me at san francisco and for sure book mystery okay well i will um I, I will request the first one from the library. <gasps> Please do. I will do the same. I have I have taken a a page out of your book and I'm trying to become a library power user. Yes, the library is the yeah. best. I went yeah. twice this weekend. <laughs> I so my mine is you, you can walk to your library too, right? I can walk to the one in Ypsilanti, but listen, uh-huh. because I am the way that I am, I have yeah. an Ipsy library card and I paid a small fee to also have a library card from the Ann Arbor District Library. <laughs> so totally I get it. I've got, I've got a I've got a Kentucky and a Cincinnati one. See? So. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can walk to my Kentucky branch. It's like five blocks away. And so I just return my books now and like, like one at a time. Yeah. So I make myself leave the house and get 20 minutes worth of exercise. Yeah, it's perfect. And then you drop them in the bin and then you pick yeah. up your stuff off the hold shelf so great. and you just carry on with your life. And it's, it's the beautiful. best. It's the best. No <sighs> complaints. Bless the library. Uh, well, so Karen, I'm sure you have done some digging into the Ringmaster's Secret, the Nancy Drew book we read this week. <laughs> yep. So did you learn anything you'd like to share? I learned a few things. Do tell. Okay, well, as always, Kelly, I will start with the basics. Hit me. The title is The Ringmaster's Secret. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is book number what, 31. What would I literally do if you weren't here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but book number 31, it was first published in 1953. 
It was ghostwritten by Harriet Stratemeyer Adams, who we know is like the daughter slash taker over of the Stratemeyer Syndicate that published these and books. And with good reason. And yeah. this is the first one. She's like contributed to slash revised slash worked on a lot of the previous books that we've read. Uh-huh. This one is notably the first one that she gets full credit for writing. Ugh. Love it. Yes. Hopefully someone Venmoed her what she was worth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wonder if she's on Venmo. <laughs> um, the only other thing that I found that I think is interesting is that this one is a oft-discussed book on, amongst the world of adult collectors, apparently. This is what the internet told me. Okay. And the notable, not complaint, but notable point of discussion is that this book very heavily requires on suspension of disbelief. Sure, but which of them doesn't? That is exactly what I was going to say. Like, like that, is, we're just complaining about that now? This <laughs> is not new information. There's been a lot that has happened that is a little challenging to believe. What are you talking about? They stopped the rocket from blowing up NASA, Karen. They did do that. They <laughs> Did there were sharks with laser beams on their heads? Like you know, truly were sharks. I mean, come now. (laughs) Basically, we we had to let go of suspension of disbelief issues a long time ago. ago. So, what's the next problem? (laughs) That was really like they were just uh, people just really get stuck on that. And it's specifically we will talk about this more audience. But Nancy from Get in this book is the world's most incredible trick writer. Like she. Mm rides horses and not only does she ride them she can like leap up onto their back into a full stand and somersault mm-hmm. off of them and yeah stand on when they, when they said she was doing a she did a somersault from standing off of a horse's back i was like okay yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's kind of what we're dealing with and then also um very similar to the ice skating book that we recently read yes the i ski, was thinking about that too the skiing book the ski slopes Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy has to save the day with theater again because one of the very talented circus performers that is a trick rider on a horse injures herself. She's been doing this for years. This is like a highly skilled, highly trained professional. Guess who subs in for her the same night and the rest Nancy of the run? Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. <laughs> so, in, in a blonde best wig, I'll point out, but that's fine. Never mind yeah, that. That's true. She has to look not like herself, so she look, dresses up like Bess. Um, Amazing. Anyway, uh, I, I guess our bar has needed adjustment this whole time and that we have been commenting on this, but this one really was the first one that came along uh, in the, the day and age of these books being published that people were, like, skeptical of. <laughs> right. They're like, you know... I was really with you, but this whole trick pony riding thing. Too far. Mm-hmm. It's too, too far. far. <laughs> too far. <laughs> and that's oh. kind of, that's what I found, you know? It's not I love it. the most, I, but I'm, it's not the least I've ever found. <laughs> it's it's not the least, and it's also very interesting points. It's, it's very interesting this was a Harriet Stratemeyer Adams book. Indeed. Indeed. I do miss yeah. Mildred Wirt Benson a little bit, but that ship has sailed, so... A, li- a little bit, but, and we'll, we'll get to the, our opinions on this book, but I'm Team Harriet. <gasps> oh, I can't wait. Yeah. So before we get into all of that, should we do one sentence plots? Runicorn? Yes. And okay. should we explain what one sentence plot is? Because I realize for anyone that has started listening to this, like not at episode one, 
It may not be clear what we're doing. (laughs) That's probably a good point. Uh, Would you care to explain? I will do my best. So please. About one week prior to recording this podcast, each time we record it, my darling, talented sister, Kelly, will post the cover of the book we're reading on Instagram. You can follow us there at It's a Clue Podcast. And nice. the challenge, <laughs> marketing. It's called marketing. <laughs> <laughs> and the challenge for those of you that choose to follow our chicanery on Instagram is to, based only on the cover of the book, and no additional information, do not Google it, do not, no, just don't do it. All <laughs> you, <laughs> now I can't talk. No, it's perfect. You're doing a great job. Keep going. Tell us what you think this book is about in exactly one sentence. Um, And as Kelly says in the post, creative use of punctuation is often rewarded. So, you know, you can kind of cobble together quite a one sentence with colons and semicolons, etc. We love a semicolon. Yeah. And then we look at them. We die laughing as they come in. We text each other (laughs) the whole time, cackling. And then we choose one to two to read that are our favorites for that week (laughs) yeah and karen your point is well made like if you've been participating in one sentence plots like legit karen it makes our entire the rest of the week Mm -hmm. i mean we just screenshot them and send them back and forth all day long (laughs) yep so thank you for entertaining us (laughs) the highlight of our week truly um well that was a brilliant description karen thank you yes Um, So this week, I'm going to give you a description of the cover in case you haven't seen it. Nancy is dressed like one of those little tiny dancing ballerinas out of a jewelry box. Yep. On the back of a fancily clad white horse. Looming behind them at a very confusing scale is a mustachioed man with a bowler hat and a whip. And he looks real mad. He looks so mad. He's also like so big. I don't understand. The scale point is so true because... Yeah. The man is taller than the full height of Nancy Drew standing on the back of the horse. Yes. But. He's, he's quite a presence. <laughs> Beautifully stated. <laughs> so our winner this week is from at Nancy Writes 66, who says, teaming up with a mustachioed toy maker, Nancy commissions a Barbie-sized doll of herself to donate to a charity auction supporting <laughs> retired circus horses. Unfortunately, one of the horses, Ralph, runs off with the doll, and Nancy must use all of her sleuth skills to track Ralph, find the doll, and save the auction. Cheers <laughs> to that. Perfect. <laughs> because I, I had actually... It, clearly, Nancy writes 66 had actually looked at my post because I think I said something in there like, let's name that horse. And yes. so she did. The there horse's name is Ralph. are some other really good horse names in the submission, so I encourage everyone yes. to check them out. <laughs> it's nothing but fun. So well done to our winner. You win glory. Fame on the podcast. <laughs> as much glory as we can issue you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have chosen a runner up slash yes. a potential tie for first. For the first Perfect. time in history, this is our dear friend at Megan Flannery. And you will know why this is near and dear to my heart as soon as I read this. Nancy had to reduce the font size on her CV in order to fit circus performer on there. And now it requires a microscope to read. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, She does bring it all together, doesn't she? Indeed. Indeed. Nancy Drew's yeah. ever-growing resume. Yeah. 
I don't know how many reams of paper it would take to print at this point. <laughs> I, I almost suggested that we start with her resume today because it was like, well, half the book was just new skills that Nancy's acquired in the last 48 hours. Oh my God, I know. There's <laughs> one I want to say out loud so bad right now, but it is it was my favorite, like, not even an Easter egg. It was just the most truly random thing that pops up in this book that is a skill that Nancy has and I lost my mind so uh you'll have to wait until her resume to learn what it was but can't wait it almost put me into an early grave (laughs) I know what you're talking about and agreed um well Karen without further ado I believe it's time for today's super fast plot overview Uh, okay so I for the first time ever was actually very delighted with the super fast plot overview that was printed in the book. I don't think they call it a super fast plot overview. They but don't. They don't call <laughs> but that. But they should have. <laughs> and I think I've just been skipping them. And the few times I have read them, they're usually the worst. Like, they're they're yeah. not good. They're not truly indicative of what happens in the book. They're... Yeah. They're not comprehensive. Cobbled together. But this week I read it and I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty good and pretty oh, concise. And so I thought that we could read it out loud and let you know how the syndicate itself described the plot of this novel. I Perfect. Chef's kiss. Like, no reason to reinvent the wheel. The Ringmaster's Secret. Nancy is given a beautiful gold bracelet and finds that one of the horse charms is missing. When she learns the unusual story behind the jewelry, she sets out to solve the fascinating mystery. The bracelet had been presented to a former circus performer by a queen who loved horses. For some reason, the performer had to sell the bracelet but would not reveal her true identity. Clues lead Nancy to Sims Circus, where she meets Lolita, an unhappy young aerialist who has a horse charm wrought exactly like those on Nancy's bracelet. The young detective joins the circus and is soon caught up in its exciting life. It becomes apparent that someone opposes Nancy's investigation and tries to deter her. Nancy's clever deductions help her to find the original owner of the bracelet, to reunite a mother and daughter who had been separated for years, and to bring much happiness to Sims Circus. Mm. The end. Perfect. Love it. Yep. You were very wise to not try to redo that. It's a little more high level than what we usually do. And I will go back to writing my full overviews again. But I was like, we'll mix it up a little. Also, my I mean, there's a lot less sass in it than we normally get from you. True. That's true. no less effective. I also thought it would be funny to use that new chat GPT AI. Uh, what at is some that? Point, it's basically an AI where you can like train it to write certain things for you. And I was like, I'm going to yes. put in one of those descriptions and ask it to write me a super fast plot overview for the next episode. I think that's see. a great idea. And I, I can read both versions. I'll read you what I wrote and then I'll read you what the AI writes and you can decide um, if. Done. You can decide if you're ready to replace me with a robot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. But I would oh. love to hear the AI version. <laughs> wait until you wait until you hear the end result. You may be surprised. <laughs> oh, Karen, you're well, funny. Well, my darling sister, with that being said, at this time, it is very important to me that you should share your general thoughts and musings on this book, The Ringmaster's Secret. 
I would love to share them because this legit <laughs> might be my favorite one yet, period. <laughs> yes, I knew it. I knew it. I loved it. Did you love it? I loved it so much. I thought it was I loved it. awesome. <laughs> it was the best. Like, if stop everything you're doing and go read this book. It, this is one that I did not own, so I'm pretty sure I never read it. I don't think I had either. This felt like fresh content yeah. to me. Yes, same. And I, it was, oh, it was perfect. Um, I mean, I obviously rolled my eyes about the whole trick writing thing, but whatever. Um, like, like I said before, we, if we didn't learn to suspend our disbelief a long time ago with Nancy and her amazing abilities, like, why are you even why reading them? Why are you them? still but, here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, everything was perfect. I, like, we got a romance. Yep. We got a great mystery. Yep. The characters were great. It wasn't confusing. It wasn't boring. No. Like, we we took what essentially was a fraud crime, which we've had repeatedly in these books, and that are almost always exclusively incredibly boring. Yes. And this one wasn't at all. It wasn't. It was international. It was colorful. Yes. It was exciting the, there was the dialogue felt different yeah. like and i'm going to give you a very specific example where i was like the di this is why i like this book the dialogue feels better okay um it, it, normally the dialogue is like moving us from one one clue or one action to the next okay but in this we got some character in it so when nancy is in new york city she's been hooked up with like you know the captain of the NYPD who's like, sure, oh, yeah. I can take 45 minutes out of my day to help, help Nancy Drew find her horse bracelet. Trapesing around to pawn sure. shops. <laughs> Fine, send her in. Um, and he's like, he says something about how, oh yeah, I know Captain McGinnis. He and I were, the, were in the army together. Mm -hmm. We never get any backstory on the ancillary characters. Like we don't <gasps> even know anything ancillary. about George and Bess. Right? Yeah. Like, we know George and Bess are cousins. We know that Bess likes to cook and that George is sporty. And that's all we know about them. So I'm like, True. I know more about the captain of the NYPD than I do about George. But, <laughs> like, at least I know he was in the army. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, but, like, we get an undercover operation, which you know I'm always about. Yep. They go to London. Yes, they do. Karen? Whimsically. London? They're like, you want to go Whimsically. now? Yeah, you know, can, can we, yeah, dad, uh, we need to go to London. Well, like, when did you want to go? Like, uh, you want to meet me at the airport? Okay, sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, this was one that I want to see made into a movie. Agreed. Yes. Um, a couple of other things, just generally and musingly, is that. I, we had a mid-book arrest. So oh. there was a whole subplot with this, like, disgruntled ex-circus employee named Hitch. <laughs> Whose job is to hitch, hitch horses. horses. <laughs> I know. I, my notes say this feels a little on the nose. Um, <laughs> but so, like, Hitch is, like, you know, causing mayhem and madness around town. And Nancy and Ned... Play, like place him under citizen's arrest, you know. Um, so, but they they lock him down, get him arrested mid book, and I don't think we've had like so. So Hitch basically is a red herring, right? Because 
which again we haven't had in these books like they're very straightforward but in this situation we've got hitch who it's like oh he's not actually the main problem he's an additional problem that was throwing our sight off of the main problem yeah aka a red herring right and like we just don't normally have the police riding in to like make an arrest until the end of the book so i thought that was interesting that's a very good point yeah usually the person that you think is the bad guy halfway through the book is not right and we just move on or it's been the bad guy since page one but this time exactly. we actually had someone that threw us off the scent distracted the whole case and he was just kind of like he wasn't like a good guy but he wasn't responsible right he, he was a bad guy but like he wasn't the bad guy right he wasn't orchestrating all of this solo correct mm. um very astute my my last musing is that the Drews really need Simply Safe. <laughs> and this is not a sponsored ad, but we should be. Like, they get their house broken into at least once, if not five times, every single book. Every book. And we're on 31, like, so that's... How do you lay your head down on your pillow at night? 150 plus break-ins. <laughs> yeah, it's so many break-ins. Um, so yeah, Simply Safe, hit us up. We'd be more than happy to help. We'd love to get Nancy hooked up with a little bit of uh, assistance there. So, thank you um, for that, that, purchasing. That's my conclusion. <laughs> ADT security system. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, what were your general thoughts and musings, Karen? Oh my gosh. Well, I don't even want to go now because you said it so much more eloquently, and like you have an MFA. Oh, in I was Nancy just Drew rambling. Books. No, I. <laughs> don't think that's true at all that was beautiful i echo your thoughts i thought this was a phenomenal nancy drew book i have a feeling this will be one of the ones that we hearken back to many times in the future i can hear us now saying well it's no ringmaster's secret but it was exactly you know it's gonna be it was lilac in before and now it's this one yeah i mean this this is up there with like lilac in and larkspur lane for me agreed agreed the two legends prior to this so the trifecta has been reached Um, did you have any sads i did have one sad um we started talking about this almost in one of the first episodes of this podcast but we always have these interesting characters like an opera teacher and a dance teacher and a basically princess anastasia (laughs) like (laughs) all these like really interesting people that just happen to live live in river heights and for some reason i still just really want there to be an evil magician and a million years ago when we started this podcast, I looked through the names of the upcoming mm-hmm. Nancy Drews and I was like, this is going to be the one. If any book is yeah. going to have an evil magician, it's going to be this Ringmaster's secret one. And you know what? There was nary a magician to be found. There was not one single magician. I'm no. so sorry, Karen. And it just seems like what could go better in the Nancy Drew verse than an evil magician? And I don't know how we haven't gotten there yet, but... It's fine. If, if, if we get through all of the, like, canon books and we don't have an evil magician, I think we should write it. I'll get the chat GPT AI to write it for you. I, Karen, I, this is a side note. I'm really sorry. To, I, I just picked up chapstick to put on my mouth and realized that it was actually a glue stick. <laughs> and I caught myself just in time. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have my glue stick next oh, to my chapstick. That is... I'm I'm not even making it up. I'm going to take a picture right now and show you because, oh. whoops. 
It's like, why does this, this should smell like mandarin oranges, not like, why does this smell weird? Why is it purple? This is like crafting problems live. I'm, I'm literally texting you a picture right now. <laughs> why did I do that? Oh my gosh. It's happening. It's coming through. They're also both orange. Oh, that's, oh, they're right. <laughs> you have to post this on Instagram. It's an uh, orange Elmer's glue stick in the same little container as an orange lip smacker <laughs> of similar size as well whoopsies well um fa- fantastic general thoughts and musings karen i'm really sorry about the magician are you i am oh thank you i'm sorry I you only the best a- things for you i'm sorry you almost put a glue stick on your mouth yeah same <laughs> you know that would be really hard to podcast if i glued my mouth together we're like part two coming in one week <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's going into outpatient surgery. Don't mind her. Oh, bless our hearts. Um, Well, Um, okay. Let's talk about, since we both loved it so much, this is going to be really fun this week. It is. Our most favoritist parts. Okay, you go first. Okay. I am bringing back real world River Heights this week. Yes. I love it. We got some tea on so many different people. Spill some tea, Karen. This one isn't like a hot hot tea, but... (laughs) A hot, a hot, a hot take tea. At the very beginning of this book, Nancy is, we learned that Nancy is an expert horse trick rider person. Mm -hmm. And Bess and George come bounding up to her in the arena. She's flipping and flopping and spiraling and (laughs) diving off of a horse's snout and all of those things. (laughs) And Bess goes, and Nancy's literally standing on the back of a horse on one foot. And Bess is like, hold that pose for a minute. Just stay really still. And Nancy's like, okay. And why? And Bess is like, I'm going to sketch you really fast. Yeah. <laughs> to which Nancy says, when did you take up sketching? And she says, <laughs> and I quote, just this afternoon. It's amazing. <laughs> so she's a new artist. She's going in mm-hmm. ready with a mm-hmm. strong attitude. And apparently she's really fast at it because she's like, <laughs> she thinks she's a photographer, basically. Yeah. She's like, five, four, three, you're fine, at ease. And like, done. Bess was like, I'm not drawing any apples and bananas. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. I got my best friend standing between a horse's ears. Standing on a horse. Yep. yep. So uh, that was my best moment that I loved. When that did you great. take up sketching? Mm-hmm. Just this afternoon. This afternoon? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like us. We're pretty whim- whimsical with our crafting loves. We are. Um, my next tea is on... Ned Nickerson. Mm, Ned. I like Ned in this book. I didn't like him for most of it, and then he redeemed himself. Oh, okay. All right. That is, all right. Interesting. Normally, we agree on Ned. He said something kind of not cute when they what were on say? their trip in New York. Oh, I, f- I don't remember. What did he say? So I'll talk about this a little more in a oh, moment. Oh, okay. Never mind. But Sorry. for some reason, Nancy's luggage is compromised. <laughs> yes. And she has to get some new items upon landing in New York. Her father gives her 30 minutes to purchase new things. That's in London. Is it in London? I thought it was when they got to New York. Okay, you're Uh -uh. right. You're right. You're right. Oh, yes, because she's purchasing souvenirs. Correct. Uh At any rate, she whisks through the store, gets everything she needs in addition to several souvenirs, and she comes back out, and Ned makes some kind of snide, bro-y comment about, like, 
how long it takes women to shop or something like that. I hate that. to tell you, but that was not Ned that said that. Was it someone else? I want it to it be was someone Car- else. It was Carson. Was it her father himself? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know yeah, what? Yeah, Ned, Ned got left behind at O'Hare or uh, JFK. I take it all back. I besmirched Ned Nickerson's name. Listen, I it was an easy thing to ascribe to Ned based on his very, previous yes. bro-like behavior. A very Ned comment to make. <laughs> it was. It was. But in this instance, it was not actually Ned. Okay. Well, thank you for redeeming him. Here is his real redemption. Mm-hmm. In the moment. The, what's the, what is it? What is the, the phrase we learned? The critical moment? No. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do know what you mean. What was it? The something moment, the the lavender moment. It was like the, a yeah, the like the, the crimson. I don't know. It was know. it was in it was in Redgate Farm, and I'm gonna look it up. So hang on. We I hate that I know that it was in Redgate Farm. I love but that's that where you it know was. That. That's where it was, and I'm gonna find it. And I'm just hang on. I'm hanging. Hang on. Oh god, I can't take the suspense. Oh, the suspense. Going the, to like, season the- one. It's not like the penultimate or the ultimate uh-uh. moment. It's the something moment. Uh-uh. It was Redgate Farm. Let me just do a little... Where's my keyboard? A little tippity-tap. A little, a little find. Command F, baby. Moment. Where is it? It says it found it. Can't, can't see it. The psychological moment. <laughs> you did it. I'm so I found it. I found it. Ugh. <laughs> oh. The psychological moment, <laughs> a.k.a. the crux of the book, when it all comes down. Yeah, push is coming to shove, say, baby. Pu- push has... Li- <laughs> push has co- that's the definition. That's the official definition of the psychological moment. The, the exact second when push meets shove. So... <laughs> Merriam-Webster Dictionary on Twitter. You can retweet that and Revised. tell people to listen to this podcast. <laughs> so the psychological moment of this book, Nancy is thrown head over heels by her body into the open cage of an enraged lion by the ringmaster. Uh-huh. He's like, I'll be rid of you once and all, once and for all, Nancy Drew. And he throws her into the gaping maw of a lion. <laughs> And do you know what happens? You do know, because you read the book. I do. <laughs> you say. But tell me anyway. <laughs> Ned Nickerson, quarterback of the Emerson College football team, like a lightning bolt out of nowhere. He's knocking kids over. He's knocking grandmas over. Cotton candy is flying. He races through the crowd. He lunges forward, and he saves her life and gets slapped with a full open clawed paw of the lion and it almost rips his hand off. He is injured. And Nancy so would invested. have- Then what happened? She would have died. And then they both fall to the ground panting. And she goes, Ned, you're bleeding everywhere. And he's basically like, wink, wink. Just about a flesh wound? It's just a scratch. I'll be fine. And she's like, no, actually you super need to go to the hospital. <laughs> she's like, marry me. Yeah, anyway, that's what that's exactly what happened. No Karen. Like my big takeaway from that was, hmm, we've never had a near murder by lioning before, but your take was, oh my god, you should be a writer. I think I maybe added a little more dramatic flair than what was intended, but that's how I pictured I was, it. I don't I don't think I breathed. 
Well, you should do that. I don't. Want I didn't brove. There's there's no fainting in podcasting, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else? Um, George gets kidnapped for the nine hundredth time, and she needs Poor to girl. get a new friend group because she does. Is it I really? mean, can you imagine? Like, she went through serious like trauma in the last book with a kidnapping, and then like, you know, two weeks later. I mean, her PTSD has got to be through the roof. Like, I could, I'm maybe exaggerating, which I never do. But I truly think it's like in the last four books, every time George has hung out with Nancy Drew, she has almost gotten murdered. Yes. She got like tied to a tree and left for dead in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. She got tied up and thrown in a cellar and left for dead. Like, Mm -hmm. and she, George needs to move on from, this is a toxic relationship for her. And I. It's not, it's not great. No. Like. Yeah. George, we're concerned about you. Yeah. Um, those were my real world River Heights teas. Did you have any noticings of the goings on of the River Heights? I will simply say that little bo- neighbor boys come out of the woodwork anytime there's a circus in town. <laughs> Do you notice how like all the little Tommies and Billies and Jimmies just suddenly sprout up out of the woodwork as soon as like, you know, an elephant shows up. That's so true. That happened in the last circus-oriented mm-hmm. book. And this this time, what was his name? Like, Teddy? Tommy. Tommy. Tommy? Teddy? I think it's Teddy in this book. But it was Tommy in the last one. And he just mm-hmm. walks into their house, walks into yeah. the full open back and door, goes, and is like, hey, you take me to the circus. going to bring me to that circus. Yeah, we're like, no, like, who are you? Sure. <laughs> who, who are you? He's like, I'm, he's like smoking a cigar. And he's like, I'm little Tommy. <laughs> Also, he's like, pick me up at 4.30 a.m. I would be like, you're going to need to find a new babysitter, kid. <laughs> yeah. Am I getting paid for that? Like, is there some kind of obligation I have that I was unaware of? No, absolutely yeah, not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's kind of what's happening. The hip, the hippity hip hop in, in River Heights. Um, All right. I love it. What is your, what, your first favorite thing about this book? I will tell you. It was... The, the many near murderings of Nancy. <laughs> she almost, she did almost get murdered a lot in this book. So many times. <laughs> um, so we've already talked about the train kidnapping, which I just want to say, wh- like, what was the end goal there? Like, did, did, did they think that they were going to, like, die on the train of starvation? Or did they think they were just going to, like, start new lives wherever the train stopped? Or... Like what did they? What was the point? I don't know, but I don't yeah. either. It kind of reminded me of the Garfield cartoon when he would mail Nermal <laughs> to like other places. It, yes, like, John Arbuckle gets a second cat named Nermal, and Garfield hates her, and so he just continuously like. Karen, you have like a beautiful mind. I swear to God, <laughs> that's a very kind way to put it. I. I, I, I don't remember anything about my life, and you remember John Arbuckle. There's also, okay, nope. You know what? I almost went down the garden path. Many near murders of Nancy. <laughs> Please continue. Okay, so so we talked about the train kidnapping. We talked about the death by lioning. Um, you're going to talk about what happens in the airport in a minute, but that's a whole nother one. Oh, yes, the airport debacle to end the all airport debacle. debacles. Yep. Yes, and so I'll, I'll there, there is a whole nother one that Karen's going to talk about. We have multiple horse attacks whilst Nancy is atop a horse. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. people just, like, throw in baseballs and rocks and all kinds of stuff at the horse she's on. And, yeah. Hated so she it. gets, yeah, hated it. And lastly, there was what I refer to as a near Abraham Lincolning <laughs> during which 
You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. <laughs> She's with Ned in her box seats watching the circus when all of a sudden someone comes up behind her, strangles her with a souvenir lasso, which is why we can't have fun souvenirs anymore, until she literally loses consciousness. Also the while, Ned, also the while, all the while, Ned is just like eating his popcorn next to her, there's completely a, unaware. There's a picture in the book. Yes. He's completely unaware that his girlfriend is being murdered next to him. And Karen, what do they do once the attack is over? Nancy has been revived and Ned is fully up to speed on what just happened. What is their next course of action? Oh my God, I don't even remember. I think I blacked out from like sheer the audacity of Ned to not notice. They just go back to watching the circus. That's what I thought. I, I remember there was a brief discussion of we should probably tell the police. And then for some reason it was like, but later. <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal, was it? So like, yeah, she almost got killed one, two, three, four, five, six, six times by my count. And she's just like fine <laughs> with that. She just goes about her business. Yeah. I would be so anyway, hanging up my badge at this point. Same Z's. So, okay, your turn. Okay, uh, I will be brief because I could talk about this literally all day. The Great Airport Debacle. Mm, loved it. The Clue Crew. So, so many perfect parts of this. The Clue Crew is in route. They're jet setting around. They're going to London. They're going to New York. They're saving mothers. They're finding <laughs> charms. They're going to pawn shops. They're, you know, doing the things that they do. Yes. Nancy gets her, like, train case essentially like her carry-on stolen out of her hand in the airport mm -hmm. person is running across the what's the the like the inside of the airport there's a word for that. I don't know. Uh, the jetways the, the yeah kind, yeah yes the jetway we're gonna say jetway i mean that's not it but yeah okay. you know what i mean yeah. And so the airport interior. <laughs> pa pa past the Auntie Anne's pretzels. I'm with you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Past the Vino wine bar. <laughs> the Vino Volo yes. wine bar. <laughs> exactly. So Nancy, in hot pursuit, chases this person down. No one in her traveling crew notices this. They're just like, oh, I guess Nancy's going to the bathroom. But she's like hoofing it through the airport, chasing this guy. He drops. Yelling, her. stop thief. Yeah. So that would have been a giveaway. But yeah. yeah. No one notices. So then he drops her luggage. She picks it up and she's like, oh, that's cool. They didn't seem to take too much. So she starts, she goes in the women's room. She starts riffling through her bag to see if anything's. Is it riffling or is it rifle? I, I thought it was rifle. I think it's rifling. I like, no, I was, I was like, have I been mispronouncing it all these years? Is this my Chameleon moment? No, I think I just mispronounced it. I'm the one who thought Q was pronounced Kwewi. So take nothing I say okay, seriously. Enough. So she's sorting through her luggage. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, my eyes are burning. I can't see. Turns out, bro put like a vial of acid in her suitcase, yeah. which the, the mere fumes make yeah. her temporarily blind. I know. It's crazy. So she's like, oh, my God, somebody come help. A TSA agent comes in and is like, what's going on? The airport security then whisks her bag away and they're like they run it out a door to the exterior of the plane they tear her luggage open on the tarmac outside of the mm -hmm. airport and all, then and only then because ned looks out the window and he's like i think i see nancy's bathrobe blowing down the tarmac 
no wait i i want i want to pause on this because that's what would have been hilarious if that had happened isn't that what kind ha- of what happened <laughs> it, it is it is kind of what happened but but I, hannah or not hannah aunt eloise is the one who goes wait a second like ned sees the whole thing happening and goes there's like something going on out there hilarious and they all get up to look and aunt eloise goes isn't that Nancy's bathrobe? And uh, the only thing I wanted in life was for it to have been Ned that goes, isn't that Nancy's bathrobe? And, and everyone's like, and do like a, how would you know that? How do you know what Nancy's bathrobe looks like, yeah. Ned? Oh. Yeah. But that didn't happen. That should, so, uh, that's fine. Would have been awesome if. <laughs> would have been awesome if. <laughs> it would have been a different year of writing, but whatever. So basically, anyway, like Nancy almost goes completely blind there. Like if this had gotten on you at all, you would have been blinded. Yeah. She her clothes and all of her stuff is ruined. They're like, well, here's your stuff back. They let her take the suitcase on the airplane, and then they just still get on the flight, make their flight, yeah. and she's like, not very upset about this. There's like no detaining. No, they're just like, well, here, take your acid case on board. It's probably fine. Yeah, and then that's kind of like a cute moment afterwards because they land in mm-hmm. London, not New York. I'm sorry, I was wrong about that before. <laughs> and she's like. I, you know, I'm gonna have to like pop into the, the boots pharmacy over here and grab a few <laughs> things because I lost a few items due to yeah, the and the acid attack, the that near happened murder eight hours that ago. happened yeah. to me. And they're like, okay, you can have like 30 minutes. Um, and you know, I, can I just express how not calm about the situation I would ever be <laughs> ever? <laughs> no, that would be a full like international flight of anxiety. Yeah. Absurd. Also, can I just ask a dumb question? Why is why is Carson setting the time limits on things when the whole reason we're there is for Nancy to solve 100% of the mystery? I got a little bit of a controlling vibe from him in that moment that I didn't love. Didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. Carson, feel- you know what? It's like, why don't, why don't you go to the National Gallery? I'm going to go do the real work. And uh, we'll meet back up later. Okay. Yeah, like, go get yourself a Manhattan. Here's a, here's a 20. You go, know, go have fun, Don Draper. Like, thank you. You know what? Under control. Mm, Carson does give a little bit Don Draper vibes in this. I know. He's jet setting all around. He's a single man. Mm-hmm. We don't know where he, Nancy doesn't know where he is sometimes. I think he. Mm-hmm. You think he's a dog? Do you think that we can get um, John Hamm to play Carson Drew? Our... I think John Hamm would be a perfect Carson Drew. John Hamm, can you hear me? <laughs> I think he would be a perfect Carson. Mm. Just saying. Oh, okay, airport debacle. I conclude. Any other favorite parts you'd like to discuss? Yes, I loved the whole plot with Lolita. So uh. Lolita is not like the other Lolita. She's she's little Lola, okay, aka Lolita. So she's daughter of Lola. Yes. Daughter of Lola. Um, so she's the one who this whole mystery is centered around. She's you know the trapeze artist. Blah 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 blah. So, like first right off the bat, she's doing an aerial trapeze and high wire version of Cinderella, which. Oh. I'm so glad you brought this up because the second I read that sentence, I was like, I sometimes forget what's real and what's not. And I was like, can I watch a YouTube video of this? This sounds amazing. (laughs) Right? I was like, this is amazing. And like, they're dropping carriages off the high wire. And like, it it sounded so amazing. Um, And I, 
I like haven't seen much circus, I guess, but I, I've never thought of like an aerial act having a story to it in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought it was like Same. feats of daring do, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, so she was kidnapped as an infant from her mother who gets Mayfair witched for like 18 years. Yeah, she does. So like also talk about like sus- suspending your disbelief. Like she's been been on these like massive tranquilizers for like almost two decades she stops taking the pill for 24 hours and is totally fine all of her memories come flooding back totally no permanent damage so lolita then gets reunited with mom she gets to marry the man with whom she's been having a forbidden love affair um the circus clown pietro oh pietro sounded Um, awesome yeah she finds out she's rich and her mother owns the circus. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing gets figured out because of a charm bracelet. Like, because of the horse charm bracelet. Yeah. It's incredible. So, like, what a great story. And I just loved, like, this is one of the first times that we've, maybe I'm not, I just, maybe I'm forgetting, but, like, I feel like our quote-unquote victim that Nancy is trying to help is, like, we know more about her than just the bad thing that happened to her. (gasps) Yes! That is such a beautiful and poignant truism. Thank you. That was stunning. You are so right. She was, like, a fully formed three-dimensional character. Yeah. Like, I can picture Lolita, right? I can too. And I want good things for her. And I yeah. can I can picture Pietro. <laughs> mm, same Z's. He sounded like a great person. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he had a nice personality and a pure soul. Um, so, that is anything else from you? Did you have any other favorite parts? I think that was, I could, I all of it. Honestly. I know there were so many. Just read the book; like it was all great. End of podcast. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> never. We have to rate it. We never leave without a rating, which we're not we, doing. I yet. know. <laughs> um. So I know that you actually have. Uh. And it would be awesome if I did, which like I usually don't because this is mystery and thriller. I love reading them, but it's not my forte. I am not a super sleuth like you. But I, I did have a thing throughout the entire book where, so Nancy has a roommate. She joins the circus. Uh-huh. She becomes the new star of the pony show, literally. <laughs> and she has a roommate named Erica, who is uh-huh. a sweet pea. Erica um, is in the show with her. She's always helping her get her costume on in a rush because Nancy's too busy sleuthing to get ready on time. She's like making sure Nancy learns the ropes. She's lovely at the same time this whole book we are keenly aware of the fact that there is a spy in the midst of the the circus employees Mm -hmm. and we're like who is it who's the mole essentially yes it should have been erica Mm. she was perfectly situated to be the mole because nancy just immediately trusts this person she tells her everything without Mm -hmm. even pausing to be like is this person in cahoots with do i know this person did i ring master check and you know also i think there could have been some cool stuff because they're performing a highly dangerous circus act together night after night matinee after matinee (laughs) erica could have been you know like mean girling her 
to like yeah it's like those like ballet stories you hear it's like i put glass in her toe shoes or something i don't i don't know i think erica could have been a very interesting twist to this story as the spy i (laughs) completely agree with you yes because this was actually the same thing i was gonna say oh my god that makes me feel so good you don't even understand (laughs) the the only thing i would add to this is that we find out that Erica is Hitch's girlfriend. <gasps> and so when he gets fired from the circus, he also has to leave behind his GF. And so she's helping him sabotage from inside. Oh, the horseman. Hitch the horseman. The horseman. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, Kelly. But perfect, Karen. Like, we have, we have done a total full brain meld. We are now the same sleuth. I that's very generous of you I don't think that I will I I'm uh, it's like the first time you play darts and you get a bullseye like no I think no very well done I I I completely agree with your assessment (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've arrived um you have you have arrived um so I don't even need to ask this but what what 95 things do you want to add to Nancy's resume this time? Oh, my gosh. Okay, the first one, we do not need to belabor. She is an equestrian. Mm-hmm. She is a daring trick rider. She is the star of the circus, somersaulting off of horses. Yes. She is an incredible horsewoman. A very, a very quick study. Yes. Uh, so that one jumped to the top of the list quickly it's pretty 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 important the dangled <laughs> carrot that i had from earlier in the episode <laughs> nancy is apparently a trained ventriloquist <laughs> that can throw her voice mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. in like a heat of the moment situation where lolita and the evil ringmaster are trapped in a trailer together and Nancy's trying to distract the evil ringmaster so she can get Lolita out of there without any harm coming to her. And like, I, I didn't write down the direct quote I should have, but it's basically like, Nancy immediately remembered her training as an expert ventriloquist and threw yeah. her voice to distract the ringmaster. Yeah, and, and screamed, making it sound like it was coming from the other side of the forest or some craziness. I'm like, I don't think that's how ventriloquism works. I don't like, think so either. But... I actually don't know, so I'm going to go with Nancy on this one. But yeah, I I laughed really hard at that. I lost it. Like, just the way that it was such an aside, too, because usually Mm -hmm. these absurd things that she can do are central to the plot of the book, like this horse situation. The whole book was about that. But this was one sentence in the book, and it's like, she remembered her expert ventriloquism training. (laughs) Which, like, part of the reason it's funny is that she had, like, there were a lot of other options there like she did not need to fall back on her fake ventriloquism talent like you know she could have thrown a rock yeah you know she could have knocked on the window she like there were a lot of things she she could have started a fire you know like there so were many true. things she could have you know she could have let a horse loose or something you know there were many things she could do but you know what was the easiest in that moment ventriloquism throw, throw a scream <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you do like you do as um, you do my next one i took a little liberty with but i think nancy drew would absolutely crush it on those shows like supermarket sweep <laughs> yes she would have she 
has all of her travel items for an entire trip across the Atlantic Ocean ruined mm-hmm. by a bottle of acid and then mm-hmm. within 30 minutes replaces everything that she needs <laughs> and well souvenir as, shops as well as buys several souvenirs for all of her yeah. friends and family members back home yeah I Loved can't order it. coffee that fast <laughs> I can't do anything that fast. I, Kelly and I, when we were about to start recording this podcast, she was texting me like, where are you? Are you ready? And I'm like, I'm still looking for my headphones. (laughs) (laughs) And I know they're in this 20 square feet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The last thing that I added, it goes in the category of things she's not good at, which Uh is arguably, inarguably much shorter than the rest of it. But she's still a very bad babysitter terrible we have endangered the lives of many a child in river heights by entrusting them to nancy drew's care yeah so which is which is counterintuitive right yeah you think she would see danger coming a mile away but she kind of only sees danger once it's happened yeah she does not put her chutzpah into keeping these children alive and um so the reason i bring this up is that as you mentioned at the beginning of this book little teddy busts into the house and is like bring me to the circus she does yeah, she goes right away, officer, and yeah. Immediately she loses him. Um, immediately. Like, they've been there for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. The circus troupe is putting the tent up, and it's like Nancy couldn't find Tommy. He's gone instantly. Mm-hmm. Then Teddy. Teddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, it doesn't matter. They're the same child. Little Teddy hyphen Tommy, it's fine. Yeah. And then, like, when she finally discovers him, it's because a tent pole is falling down out of the sky and is about to crush this child. So she mm-hmm. has to, like, dive across the earth, knock him out of the way, and a Hulk roll with him in her arms to save him from getting smashed, which, like, cool and good work. But also, if he hadn't lost the kid, you wouldn't have had to do that. So, like... And and also, why? Like, it had absolutely no relevance to the story whatsoever. No. It's not like the evil ringmaster tried to kill Tommy to get Nancy to leave or something. Like No, that, it would have been awesome if. That would have been better. There you go. That would have been better. Oh, my favorite little Teddy Tommy moment, too, is that to kick off the circus, there is a parade of all of the performers. Yes, which sounded amazing, by the way. I, I want to go to there. I do, too like circus of the stars all over again yeah oh my god the best show ever from the 90s and Mm. cinderella's carriage is going down the street which has lolita in it and little tommy is like oh my god that's actually cinderella and he just runs away from nancy and leaps into the carriage with (laughs) lolita which i loved but also nancy is still a terrible babysitter (laughs) terrible babysitter like you know, get get a hold of your charge here. You know, yeah. do I need to call Christy Thomas to give you some pointers, sis? Oh, say hello. Christy to Thomas your would never have allowed that. She would not have. She would have taken him home and given him a sternly worded talking to. Well, Christy never would have taken him to the circus because it's too much fun. <laughs> and sorry. she had her. She had her baby. Did that seem judgmental kid. against yep. Christy? Yeah, she'd bit. be like, "No, we're doing this puzzle." I don't care if you like cats or not. <laughs> yeah. Here are some stickers. This is what we're doing. So um, Meg Murph was right. The CV for Nancy Drew, it's in size two yeah. font. We've got an equestrian, a trained vit- ventriloquist, supermarket sweep, number one champion, and terrible babysitter this week. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, no comment. Like, good job, Nancy. I mean, I guess all of her skills came in handy. They did yeah i'm like what will she learn to do next week 
in terms of open questions, I'm going to ask this to you in a slightly different way this week. Oh. What is going to What's going to keep you up at night about this book? (laughs) Would love to tell you so many things, but most importantly, the fact there was that immediately after the clue of the velvet mask, there is an unguarded table of wedding gifts at that wedding. (laughs) Did did that like trigger you at all? Because I immediately was like, but the velvet maskies, like they could be lurking. What if one of them's gotten out on good behavior? Like, did we learn nothing? And I didn't know why. I was like (laughs) feeling really uncomfortable about that. I was like, I'm back in the far right corner of the tent where all the really nice wedding gifts and like something squeamed me out about that and I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, because we should have three detectives back there, like, guarding that, along with, like, a couple of old English butlers, I think. But, yeah. Wow. That, was, that, that I was, like, it sent a shiver down my spine. Good one. Wow, that's a, Thank you. That's a really good one. That's going to keep me up at night now, too. Yeah, what's going to keep you up at night? Um, I'm, what's keeping me up at night is that you toured on the road with theater for a really long time. And there was this whole scene where Erica and Nancy, it's, like, They've just finished performing. It's like, get on the road. I mean, I did too, but not the way that you did. But and mm-hmm. it's like, get on the tour bus. We're driving all night to get to Dalhousie. <laughs> and everybody else is sleeping on the tour bus. And Nancy is like, I'm it's never going to be able to sleep. Like, how did, you, how did you sleep on a tour bus? Well, I was on a bus that had bunks. Yeah, I know, but still. Uh, because you work so hard and so many hours that you could fall asleep, like, virtually anywhere. Oh, my gosh. The only time I didn't sleep while on my tour bus was when the shocks froze up in the middle of the night one night. And it, it, the, the bus was bouncing up and down so hard and so violently that we were all getting sick. Oh, no. Yeah. <gasps> what so, do you, but otherwise, it's fine. What do you do? What if eight people on the tour bus all get food poisoning at the same time? Or car sick. Uh, keep it to yourself. <gasps> oh no! Yeah, the the bunks are very interesting. Like they're 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 you can't sit up in them. So you, you they're basically human shelves. Like you almost have to get fully horizontal to even get in them. So if you're on like a an upper floor bunk, um, you kind of like put put your torso in first and then hoist your bottom half in. Were you an upper bunk or a lower bunk? I was on both on various tours. So Was it claustrophobic? I have so many questions. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, again, you'd be so tired that it didn't matter, but yeah, like it was best to not think about it too much because you could you could only sit up enough. Like I couldn't you couldn't sit up enough to like scratch your ankle. You know, like you had to bring your ankle to your hand. Oh my god. I can you write a memoir? I, I, you've heard all the stories. Uh, clearly not. I still, I need to know more about tour. That's, but yeah, that's how you slept. You worked until you fell asleep. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is you're really enthusiastic about going back to this lifestyle. N- no, I, I don't want to go back. No. <laughs> it was, it was, listen, it was super fun when I was in my 20s. You yeah. know, now I'm, no, I've got a cat. In a uh, actual bed. <laughs> I've got a whole lifestyle built around that cat. So, <laughs> well, you have teed me up yet again because <laughs> perfect. <laughs> this week we are rating mystery at oh I almost said mystery at the ski jump. That's not what we read. This week 
we are rating the ringmaster secret out of a 12 enraged lions big cats <laughs> big cats yeah what is your rating oh i get to go first <laughs> yeah Okay, I gave it 11.5 out of 12 Enraged Lions. I am stunned. I thought you were going to give this a perfect score. Please tell me everything. Karen, I almost gave it a perfect score, and it would have had a perfect score, except for the fact I I removed half a lion, the the back half of the lion, for (laughs) Nancy winding up at an actual net loss at the end of this mystery. Fair. So... Not only did she not get any kind of compensation or gift or anything else, she she had to give back her bracelet that Anne Eloise got for her. So she she like actually has less than she started with. Yeah, and she had like eighteen flights. Correct. Plus, there's like you know the international trip to London, which she was not, con- or her acid luggage that you yeah. know. Yeah. I don't think so. Anyway, other than that, perfect book. Loved it. No notes. I. Yeah, I, I don't think anything will ever stand up to it. That is a fantastic review. Thank you. What did you give it? How many enraged lions? I gave it 12, Kelly. I gave it 12 out of 12 <gasps> enraged oh, lions. I love when we love the book. It's so much more fun than when we hate the book. I know. <laughs> so I here's my math. I removed three enraged lions instantly when I realized Got that it. I was not going to get an evil magician. I, I don't think you can remove lions for like... Some, I can do whatever can. I want. You know this what, is our Karen, podcast. <laughs> you're right. I'm. You know what? That's my bad. You were correct. Um, I also uh, yes. I think you should take away more enraged lions for lack of magician. Pivot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also removed two enraged lions because I'm concerned about George. Like George, yeah, isn't going to last three more books at this rate. So no. Um, however, then I added back five enraged lions because we had that beautiful family reunion and a wedding circus to end oh, this book, which it. was amazing. I, lo- I love a wedding circus. Right. I didn't know I, I wanted one or needed a one. A circus wedding? Yeah. But I did. <laughs> and now we've had it. So while we have not yet had a magician, we have had a circus wedding. Which, you know what? Maybe just as good. Fills a different need. Checks a different box. <laughs> 12 out of 12. So we're at a 11.75 average, which I may have, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. I think we've given that rating one other time. You may have to just round up to a full lion because I'm worried about your Instagram post getting Oh, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> I believe in you. I'm going to bisect that lion into quarters. I got it. <sighs> graphic designer. Just, just just the tail. <laughs> Adding graphic design to your CV. <laughs> okay, well, here we are at the end of our journey with this amazing book. What are we reading next week? It almost doesn't matter because it won't be as good as this. But what, what are we reading? <laughs> it's going to be Nancy Drew number 32, which is the Scarlet Slipper Mystery. Mm. And the opening description sounds amazing. I quote, Nancy meets Helene and Henry Fontaine, refugees from Centrovia, which, is that like Genovia? Is Centrovia a real place? That's what I was going to say. I was like, is this a princess diaries? <laughs> from Centrovia who run a dancing school in River Heights. I am They're going to go in. on the block of superstar niche hobbyists. Sign me up. Yes. Helene and Henry Fontaine from Genovia. Oh, well, friends, look forward to that. Um, if you are so 
inclined, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We would love if you would tell a friend if they also like sleuths and mysteries and lions and circus weddings. Who knows? Um, you can also find us on Instagram at It's a Clue Podcast. And we would love if you would become a Helen Corning friend on Patreon, which is really just a bestie of the show to help support us a little bit and, you know, buy us a cup of coffee or a claw or something like that while we record. We (laughs) really appreciate it. And we will give you a shout out on the show when you become a patron. And our patrons also get to vote on Super Sleuth titles. Mm. So check us out on patreon.com slash it's a clue podcast. And Kelly, please remember what we learned today and Nancy Drew and the Ringmaster's Secret. What do we learn? Antique jewelry purchased from a pawn shop is always, 100% of the time, without question, linked to a high-profile mystery. Wear it with caution. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it is, apparently. And with that, happy, happy sleuthing! It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. <laughs>